Zach, how are you, man? Hello, Tim. Howdy doody. How's it going? What's the good word? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's almost football season. Obviously, that's important uh, to, to many people. You know, the state of Virginia does not have a football team, though. Um, you know, yet, I guess. Who knows? But um want to start with some sad news. Um, someone that you, I don't know when you met him, a former guest of ours, Dan Bell, passed. Um, one of the guys who brought back the tech council, which turned into HRIC, which then a couple months ago turned into Innovate Hampton Roads with, with Start Wheel. I know that you guys had grown close over the last year or so and um, saw an outpouring of, of people, you know, sh- sharing their best wishes and, and, and whatnot about that. And um, I, I think I remember the first time I met Dan, we probably talked about this on the episode, but there was a, um, an outdoor like shindig uh, at someone's house. And we were talking about kind of the growth of the region. This is like 10, 11, 12 years ago and uh, met him there, ended up being a mentor at Hatch for many years. And um, that's where um, we talked about him and, and Byron Morgan meeting and him, him helping yeah. there and stuff like that. But um, yeah, obviously it's whenever someone leaves us, it's a, it's a sad moment. And um, yeah, I yeah. just wanted to say some words about him and. Yeah, definitely sad. I mean, he will, he'll be missed. He definitely was a, that dude uh, was a cheerleader for the region for sure. And I, I don't mean to like, use him against other people and maybe i'm just closer to this but it seemed like a lot of people were commenting a lot of people were sharing stuff about him and you don't always see that when 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 people pass and i I thought that was kind of it was just interesting like you know he's been around the block and and done a lot of stuff but like people were telling a lot of stories and i i I don't know that i've ever seen that from a region perspective from our region perspective um so that was cool to see. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was real. That was interesting to see. And, and I, I, in terms of like what I took away from all of that was uh, I've tried to make it a point, like within the last couple of months of uh, not making my problem, someone else's problem. So if like, if I, if I had something bad happen to me or if I'm having a bad day, I don't want to ruin someone else's day because I'm having that I'm going through something. So uh, that that's always been like a personal thing that I've been, trying to to think about more consciously uh as i go about my day but gosh after something like that when when dan passed i was like god and because i had no idea that he had was had was fighting bone cancer which is uh the most painful type of cancer you know for a long time and it was three, like, three plus years I, I read something like that yeah i and i had no idea and it was just like talk about like the person that did not make his problem anyone else's problem is like wow like he always so positive, always had a smile, always there to help out. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've thought a lot about just that concept of, of that. And it's, it's interesting because someone's always going through something and, you know, they, they might seem like, you know, you're, you're, you're not in touch with them, but it's like, well, you don't know what they're doing that they're not telling you. So maybe you should give them a benefit of the doubt, you know, whatever that might be. And so, um, wise words and, and, yeah, he will be missed. And um, yep. yeah, all right. Transition from the the sadness, maybe the happiness of of the life that he lived. Well, you um, know, depending on uh, depending on there, there could be sadness uh, as our guest Paul Nolte is going through uh, some transition as well. That um, <laughs> yes, you, you you know, it, it is interesting too. I went to Missy Schmitz, who was a um, uh, to her uh, celebration of life a couple of days ago as well. And um, they were like, this is not a funeral. This is, this is, this is a celebration in life. And it was, it was like, someone asked me, maybe it was you. Um, and I was just like, it was overwhelmingly positive. And it was just like, that's an interesting thing. She was an OG in kind of the startup community, went to a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of events. I think you guys met at some hatch things. And so it's like, yeah, like yep. let's celebrate the positivity of, of these things. But I digress. Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm thinking uh, in the sense of Paul, like we booked this, several months ago. I mean, yeah. it's like you were just named uh, the new head honcho for 757 Collab. And I was like, hey, man, we got to get you on the show. And you're like, let me get settled in. And, and and I agree, you needed to get settled in. 
And then here we are, we booked the date. Today is August 24th. And I look at everything that's going on right now. And you're probably like, why did I book myself for right now? Accelerate cohorts just kicking off. The cycle three for uh, angels is uh, in full swing. New startup studios, cohort going on. I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's good. I mean, it gives, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's drinking from the fire hose, but, it, but a good one nonetheless. So. so how long have you been in the hot seat then? Um, so really officially, I guess, June 1st. Um, I mean, I was coming down here um, for a month or a month and a half prior, just, uh, you know, kind of getting settled and transitioning uh with monique and team um and then yeah pretty much june 1st was was the 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 day that i officially started and um and yeah i've been running hard ever since so um it's it's been i tell you it's definitely been um i didn't get a, probably enough credit to the scope of what 757 collab um is doing and I also didn't get probably enough credit coming into what this region has to offer, which I know we'll talk about, but I do want to say thanks to the two of you for having me on. This is a really cool podcast and I've, uh, I've been a short term, but ardent fan. So it's good. It's kind of cool to be on. Yeah. It's great to have you. you your roots are in, I think if, if someone was just to see, they'd be like, uh, I know this guy from the Richmond area. Yeah. Yeah. And now you do something here. Like give us a quick background of, of the yeah. Richmond stuff and, and, why you even decided to yeah to roll it um so uh, i am you know uh, i grew up in richmond um that being said it's funny uh growing up i also have you know i have some family ties to the region in so much as my father um was born here and his family's business started here uh, the building is is still around and um, and then, uh, they, they ended up moving the headquarters, but still kept a very large presence here. So I grew up hearing about Norfolk and, and, uh, and kind of the region and, and, um, and so in, in Richmond, you know, I, I, um, kind of started in the ecosystem, very similar to when y'all, you know, started doing, uh, your respective kind of engagements. So, you know, like y'all I've, I've seen an ecosystem start to coalesce. Um, and this was in Richmond, I don't know, probably at this point, 15, 16 years ago. Um, and, um, you know, like any, any ecosystem you want to, you, you start to engage because you want to attract companies, attract founders, attract, um, startups to your area. You want to keep them there. Um, so either attracting them there or, or keeping them there. If they, if they start, you know, in your backyard, you don't want them to leave. Um, I actually got into it because I just love working with startups and I love investing in startups. And so, um, you know, I, I think Richmond has a lot to offer. Uh, their, their founder density is, is steadily growing and I, um, you know, and that's great. And they've, they've come a long way. Um, that being said, you know, after working in the ecosystem for as long as I had, um, I started to look around and, and one thing that had always impressed me was the pace at which, this region was growing its entrepreneurial ecosystem relative to other ecosystems around the state. Um, and I've been around the state just as a, as a consequence of my prior jobs. Um, so I, I feel like I have a fairly good command of the, the, the statewide entrepreneurial ecosystem. And, and 757, um, you know, not just from an investment standpoint and in a very active angel network, but just from a, um, certainly from a, a, a programmatic aspect over the last few years has the scaffolding in place and has put the scaffolding in place in a short amount of time that I think really is is a model for a lot of uh, a lot of ecosystems and and you know I've said it kind of in my own backyard in Richmond I mean 757 kind of leapfrogged uh, I was starting to you know, see us leapfrog Richmond um, and other ecosystems in terms of its growth so when the opportunity became available uh, for me to consider coming here, it really, um, you know, it was it was an exciting opportunity. One I, I really couldn't pass up. I, I realized that, you know, I'm not from here, and and I'll probably always be, you know, considered an outsider to some extent. But 
I will say that, um, you know, when I look at the assets here, both natural and physical, uh, the companies, the technology, uh, the centers of excellence, it's mind blowing to me um, in terms of what we can offer, what this region can offer a founder who's in, a, in kind of you know, operating in the high growth space. Um, it's just, it's unparalleled to any other ecosystem in the state, in my opinion. So it's kind of hard to pass that up when, when you have a chance to lead an organization that plays a small role in that. Um, but, you know, a lot of it too is on the basis of what the two of you guys have built over time. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. So it's, I know it's, it's a lot of hard work, but, but you guys have been in it. Um, and you know, it's nothing's ever perfect and everything was good on paper and practice. It gets a little messy, but I think overall, uh, the, the professionalism here, the, the, the coordination and just, again, the scaffolding is, is here to a greater degree. So scaffolding, I don't think we've ever used that word on 170 plus episodes. So thank <laughs> you for that. Um, <laughs> it's just a unique way to say it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you know, a lot of people say, well, Nexus and webs and all that, but I, I, and, and it's maybe because I, you know, when I see the ships in the, in the shipyard, there's a lot of scaffolding, but, uh, hmm. but I, I do, I do think that, you know, that there's scaffolding to me is, is kind of a good analogy only because there's still a lot of gaps that need to be plugged. There's still a lot of things that still need to be built. But I do believe we have the right organizations, at least in place and, and, and collaborating and talking and, and, you know, making a go of it. Um, but also, you know, with that comes a lot of a lot of self-interest in politics. So it's kind of figuring out where your lane is, sticking to your lane and, and doing really well, but then leveraging partners where you know you can't deliver as effectively. And I think that's, to me, a key piece. Yeah, you're figuring out a lot of stuff right now. I mean, because you, you've there's there's been significant uh, turnover for whatever reason. It's like within seven five seven collab, you you got. I mean, ever it's Hunter's, yeah. Hunter's the longest tenured person right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I came from running Lighthouse Labs in Richmond, which was kind of like the the playbook off of which seven five seven Accelerate was built. And when I came into that organization. Well, it's, this i'll stop you there i remember when todd knuckles came to yeah. the very first seven by seven accelerate thing that it was uh, then we, todd was there to help evans yeah. and monique model uh yeah. the whole lighthouse playbook was that in the bank yeah. of america building that was uh at the in the icon building yeah up at, yeah the old yeah. That's yeah, what, like yeah. five years ago, maybe five, six years ago. I think six years ago. So we're in our sixth. Were you there? Were, were you there with Todd at that point? I was not. I was actually on the board, I think, at that point. Um, or maybe I just rolled off the board of White House. Um, and, but I remember that very well. Uh, that, that kind of, to me, that was a pivotal moment in certainly 757s. Uh, and when I say 757, I'm usually meaning just the region. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was it, 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 you know, tying it back to Lighthouse. I, when I took over Lighthouse, you know, uh, a year and a half ago, I came in and the longest tenured individual had been there for like eight months. <laughs> so then I come here, um, you know, really the, the, the transition for Simpop 7 Colab um, was planned out. It was, it was, you know, very thoughtful. It was not something that, um, that happened suddenly. Um, you know, it, it was the the departures of Monique and Evans had been, you know, announced internally um, or their, their pending departures had been planned for and announced internally. Um, so it, it gave the organization a, a responsible transition process. Um, uh, and so, you know, it, it now we've got I mean, our team is is really solid. Um, it's it's an organization that does a ton with with a smaller staff um but we we have made some hires and um i think we're we're firing all cylinders yeah it's uh there's a, like i said there's a lot at the beginning of the show there's a lot going on right now i mean it's uh it is i didn't yeah. realize it at the time i was uh, i was down at the uh, assembly last night i'll be down there again tonight for happy hour and uh yeah, a lot going on for sure you, yeah. You, yeah. Go ahead, Zach. 
Well, I was going to say, you look at these areas that I think cities were trying to copycat 10, 15 years ago, right? You look at, obviously, your 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 Bay Area, maybe your Seattle's, um, maybe D.C. and a couple other cities that, you know, are, are kind of tech hubs. And if you look at those cities, they didn't really have the resources that I think are now being put in place, like a, like a collab. And so yeah. I'm just interested, like, they figured it out without it. Yeah. Do these things really work or are they just like a thing that we think that works because like yeah. not to bash the organization, but it's just like, okay, like those cities figured it out. They did it. Sure. It just kind of happened. And, and obviously all of us have been in organizations very similar to, to, to what you're doing and, and are still involved in these things, but it's just like, okay, like what was unique about those cities yeah. that did work and why are we trying to throw all these things at it? It, it just, it's kind of weird just when you really kind of peel back the onion to, to think about it that way. And I don't know that I ever have thought of it that way until you were just talking. About it. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a great, it's a great question because I mean, is it something where if you build it, they will come or if you, you know, or are you kind of um, manifesting your own destiny? Um, uh, you know, I, I, there's a couple thoughts and I don't pretend to, to have the answer to your question. Um, I will say that, you know, so some of the, you know, the cities that you mentioned, I think there's a couple things going for them that, that we just don't have, whether it's in Richmond or, or, you know, Hampton roads or Southwest Virginia, some of these other ecosystems in the state, you know, we, we don't have necessarily, um, this, uh, steady influx of, of talent, you know, younger talent, but also, um, talent where uh you know these are major cities where people go to you know they want to they want to move there for a lot of reasons right um and i mean it's no secret you know hampton road struggles with retaining um you know a growing population and retaining talent um there's brain drain across the state um so i think to if we were to compare ourselves to these larger markets I think it's an apples and oranges comparison now. Uh, and so what, it, you know, why am I saying that? Well, I think in those markets you have, you just have a, um, a density there, a natural density of talent investment, you know, uh, whatever, um, you know, larger corporations, um, you, you have a density there that we just don't have, uh, you know, in, in our, in these smaller markets, tier two markets, whatever you want to call us. So, if we if we're not going to be able to uh if we don't have the density the natural density there we we kind of have to create it so how do you create it um and i think that's where organizations like 757 collab um you know zach with hatch and and you know start wheel i mean you know you have to kind of build it so that they do come because otherwise how do we compete against i mean again i don't i'm not looking to compete against you know new york or LA, I mean, we're going to lose like when it comes to that, let's just be honest here. Right. But we can win against other cities of similar size and of mm. similar, um, attributes. So, um, I do think that we're organizations like ours, they enable or catalyze to some extent that drive, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good question. You know, it's it's self-fulfilling to some extent. But um, I do think for the right type of company, we offer a, a value add. But we are not for every company. And I think, you know, just understanding where your North Star is and like where your lane is, as I said before, is critical. And and then why do we do what we do and how do we do it? And, uh, and not taking for granted that, you know, um, you know, it's there, there is competition for founding for founders. Um, and you know, in terms of place and, um, and then that's where the, the partnerships come in. Um, so I, again, not yeah. an answer to your question, Zach, but I think that, no, it's I think you are, I think you articulated that way better than I was thinking. And I, and I think that makes sense. And I think Tim would agree with it. You know, it's like having a hub that you bring people to, I think we've all agreed that density was a, a lacking piece to this area 
when we used to do the state of the startup community address, one of the things was like, where are all these things happening? And it was basically in one of two places in the region. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, like there's something to be said to that. Like you are trying to attract something there. You don't, you're not this big city that's genuinely attracting this thing anyway. And so I, yeah. I like that. Answer. Yeah. yeah. And I think the one thing that's starting to happen, which is neat is, uh, I mean, it's really building that sense of community. And I, I think that, uh, we're a sign of success and I don't know how you guys measure success at, at Colab, but when I see people, uh, from previous cohorts, uh, whether if it's from startup studios or, or what have you back to events continuously, you know, that, that yeah. building that sense of community is, is really, really important. And that's what that that's the density that we need to build upon, you know, not a, all right, my, my time in startup studios is done. I'm not coming back here again. Yeah, we, we yeah. need to continue to build upon that density. And then, uh, you know, almost like building a, uh, almost a, a passport book, if you will, like, um, hey, you know, it, it's not a duplication of effort if you go through B Force or Black Brand, and then go to right. startup studios or vice versa. You know, to me, I think that shows. You know, not that we're promoting people to like accelerate or hop by any stretch, but you know, that hey, if you've gone through these programs, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's it's validating. And maybe it, it anchors you here a little bit more, right? It, right. It, it can, and and I think too. Let's also not forget. You know, we're the the, the this has to be founder led too, and right. so we right. can only. I mean, we surround the founders, but they they ultimately have to make the decision to stay here. We can't we can entice them. We can't compel them to. So if we can deliver our respective services um, to these founders in a way that is um, is is, you know, second to none, um, that can help. But but ultimately, too, I think it, it does become dangerous when um we don't have founders at the table uh, and in the dis in the discourse of how to better our region's entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, I, I know a lot of ecosystems where the decisions and the, the discussions and the strategic planning are done by a few and those few are not um, there's not a founder at the table and I, and whether it's in a, you know, a founder who's, you know, um, running a company currently or an exited founder or, or, you know, and we just, I think the voice of the founder is critical. Um, and, and we can't lose sight of that. So it, it's, I mean, that's why we do what we do. Right. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What, um, I was talking last night down at assembly and, uh, it was a request, and Zach, I didn't even give a chance to bring this up with you, but um, he, he he wanted to hear, so Justin, this is for you, he wanted to hear, he's like, man, I listen to the show, I, you know, I really, really enjoy it, he's like, but I really want to, yeah, I would love for you guys to focus on failure as part of that, uh, mm -hmm. as part of your show, and I was like, man, you know, I was like, we try to bring it in into the show as much as we can. And that's part of the things that I, I, you know, I want to embrace value in this community. I think that before everyone's so afraid that it's almost paralyzing from a failure standpoint. Uh, and, and if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. So it's just, you know, like, what, what is your take on, um, cause on failure, uh, do you, do you embrace it or, you know, what do you, what are you telling founders uh, with regards to? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I, you know, I, I actually, I probably don't use the term embrace as much as, is respect. So I respect failure. Um, you know, failure can take many shapes and forms. And as an, you know, as an investor, um, what, when I say respect failure, you know, I try to look at, okay, why did the, why was there a failure? You know, what was the failure point? What predicated it? Um, and if you, know if it's on the actual founder that's one thing but if it's due to a macroeconomic trend or something out of their control or maybe it's just the timing's not right for that innovation you know which happens or some other factors um that's more um you know more quantitative than qualitative then you know 
certainly I, I don't hold that against a founder who might maybe come back to me with something, with another idea and, and, you know, for investment. So I think just respecting, um, or trying to respecting, um, the, the conditions of failure and, and really keeping that in the right light. Um, I, it's just a necessary part of business. Um, I, I, I think that on the same token, ironically, um, I don't think we celebrate success enough either. And what I mean by that is, you know, you might, if a company exits, right, you're going to get the front page for a day. Um, it'll be talked about for a while, but then how do we, how do we promote that, continue to promote that out in the ecosystem? Um, and I think, you know, you get, um, a podcast like this and, and start wheel, um, that, that is almost the mouthpiece of the ecosystem. And that's something that candidly, what y'all have done here is we don't have that in certainly in Richmond and, and I dare say in other ecosystems. So again, another reason why I wanted to come here. Um, but I do think we need to keep that momentum going. So whether it's, um, whether it's failure, whether it's success, how are we, how are we talking about it? And I think sure. that's, to me, how, you know, the answer lies somewhere there. Um, yeah. So in 2013-ish timeframe, I feel like we talked about this at some point on the show, but there were two major exits in this region, billion dollar exits. And the stories in the paper at the point, it was Smithfield and uh, Smithfield mm -hmm. Foods and Amerigroup. Both were acquired for billions of dollars. And the story was very negative. And I remember just being like, yo, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're right? trying to quote unquote, grow this entrepreneurial community. Yet yeah. we're bashing that these things just did the thing that we've been talking about doing. Yep. What are we doing? So, so I think that, that I always believe in like, like, let's think of the positive things of this. Oh, they're going to lose jobs. Guess what? They're going to lose jobs anywhere. Like it, right. it, it happens. It's, it's just like, look at the, the uh, dig deeper to this. From a yeah. failure yeah. perspective, I don't know. I don't know if I know Justin, but what I would say is like, I think failure has become such a buzzword that people don't even realize what failure is. People yeah. are just like, "Oh, I'm failing." I'm like, "No, actually, you just made a phone call and the person didn't answer it, and that didn't work." Is that really failure? I think we, you have to like really define failure. To me, failure is like hitting rock bottom. Like, what is the worst absolute yeah. thing that could happen? And I think the overwhelming majority of people's failure is nowhere close to that but yet they jump on that board and, you know, kind of call it failure before it really should be prematurely, if you will. From a timing perspective, I don't know if you've ever seen, I think it's the most popular um, TED talk. It's about um, the reason why companies succeed in, at 42% is timing. So the timing is incredibly yeah. important in this. Yeah. And so, so like, oh, the technology wasn't there yet. Like, yeah, imagine if we hit COVID in 2000, like how terrible would that have been from like a communications perspective, yeah. right? Like luckily, yeah. COVID hitting at the right time, we were able to still like move with the punches. Like I, I feel like when Tim and I started the show, that was one of the first things we said was, yeah. hey, we, show, we're we wouldn't have the show if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. yeah. And and so like people jump on that failure train. I'm just like, yeah, but like what but, really but is failure in there? Let me ask you this or posit this. So, you know, is it also fair to say can we really celebrate or respect or, or focus on failure when it, when we still need more exits to then be able to tolerate the failure? So, you know, you look at Silicon Valley, you look at some of these other big markets and yes, failure is accepted and much more readily, but that's because the investors are conditioned in a certain way and they know right. that there's enough exits, there's enough action going on to where they're going to have another shot at it. I don't know if we're there yet as an ecosystem. And I'm saying not just Hampton Roads, I'm saying most yeah. of Virginia, until we start to to see some more positive outcomes, you know, then the failures are going to get the most negative press and then it conditions the investors. And I'm I'm saying now from a from a, you know more of a, a high growth mindset, kind of the the lane in which we operate. Um, I don't know if we're there yet. Um, so while I would like to say that it's not a bad thing, I, I also completely understand why an investor in, you know, Richmond or Norfolk is going to have more hesitation um, if, you know, to, to reinvest or to invest again if there's a failure. 
um, because there's just not as many shots on goal or there hasn't been as many exits for them to feel good and confident that it'll come back around, um, you know, and, and not taking anything away from the exits that have happened, I think. But that's that's why I wanted to bring in the successes and the failures. I think sure. you have to yeah. kind of look at them together and figure out where the balance is. I mean, me personally, I would I would probably be I would be more likely to bet on a second or third time founder that has failed twice than a first time founder that had yeah. had never experienced anything. Rationally, before. it makes sense. I mean, it does make sense rationally. You're right. Um, yeah, assuming that they had a good head on their shoulders, right? They thought about what it is. Was it timing? Was you know, was right. it the team? Was it the product? You know, and, and really figured that stuff out. I mean, yeah. Um, you you know, surprisingly, what's Justin's last name? Do you know? I'm gonna keep it. He said his first. Thing. Okay, so like I, I think sometimes like we know some people too that like we know deep inside of people like some of their stories and stuff like that. And sometimes people just don't want to talk about it. So yeah. like there is that too. There's plenty of people that I know that have gone yeah. through my system, your system, Paul's system. Like it's just like yo, like this is what we want to talk about, and they're like, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm over that. Like I don't want to talk about that. But anymore. I think and that so it's, yeah. But I think that you know we're in this particular case. It was a matter of like, hey, you know, is our community matured enough to the point where it's like dude, I'm in the shower. I'm crying. I'm about to throw up because things are about to fail. You know, who can I, you know, is there someone within this community that I can talk to, uh, to help talk me off the ledge kind of thing? You know, I, and I don't think that as a, uh, as a community that, that we're necessarily there yet, or I'm just not included in, in part of that. But, uh, well, and I think that also hits on something even bigger, which I, I know, um, like I, it's the, it's the founder mental health aspect. And, and, yeah. you know, again, I know that mental health can become a cliche topic, but I think when it comes to entrepreneurism and, and founders, I, you know, you're, you're on an Island basically. And I don't think enough attention is given, whether it's through discussion or whether it's through programming, uh, what have you on, on again, helping founders deal with the, impossible task of nearly impossible task of being that one or two that make it, you know, and, and, yeah. um, and so I'd like to, to think that, you know, some pop seven collab through its various platforms can start to help in that discussion. Um, and, and I'm not saying we have, I'm not saying we haven't to, to this point. I, I, again, I, I am, um, very fortunate to inherit an organization that was built by, you know, my predecessors, um, and they've, they've built it up to a point where we're able to, to continue to grow. So all credit due, uh, to Monique and Evans. Um, but, uh, I do think we can do more on that. And so what that looks like, I don't know, but it's something right. that we'll be focused on. Th think about just yeah. these two words and how the last decade has changed hustle culture, not words, these, these phrases, hustle culture, right? That was like the most popular, if you're going to be successful, this is what it is now versus mental health. Where, right, like just compare those two things, and it's like, okay, like now it's kind of frowned upon to many from a hustle culture perspective, yeah. And and I think a lot of it is like, yo, like working 20 hours a day is that really the smartest thing? Like, there is this this mindset in there that's like, um, you know, maybe you should take some time off for yourself yeah. so that you can do this for a lot longer time, this and you shouldn't apologize. Around. You know, I hear founders all the time, well, uh, you know. I went away for the weekend, but, but I was, I'm still working and I'm, and, and it's like, it's okay. You, you know, like take some time for yourself, you know, an investor, an investor actually wants you to be, you know, mentally sound. They don't want you to be exhausted to the point of making irrational decisions. So, um, you know, that this whole, you know, we expect you to eat ramen noodles until you make it. I Why? mean, that, right. I mean, I don't think like, why would anybody do that if that's the case? So I think hey, that I don't know. Cup uh, of noodles are pretty good. I mean, no, they are. Yeah, that's too. <laughs> what, what are you like? Cup of noodles or ramen? Uh, right. You know, which which one? I would, you know, give me that spicy chicken cup of noodles, yeah. you know, 50 cents. Like, I hear you. Hey. Can't beat it. <laughs> Something special about that. No, but I mean, it is interesting. It's like, yeah, I eat like crap forever. It's like, mm, does that like, that is that really smart? It, like, it, yeah. 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 There's a balance. There is. And yeah, because you're is. in the uh, you're in the unique position. Like uh, you haven't gone through a cycle of angels yet, so you haven't had no. you haven't had to tell people no yet, right? 
Well, haven't had, I mean, I've certainly had lots of practice in other roles, but uh, haven't had, yeah. you know, haven't uh, had that happen yet. And what makes it even more interesting is, of course, we, you know, Simpop Seven Angels merged with Venture South uh, in the middle of June. So another kind of transition point as I was coming in. Uh, luckily, I'd known about Venture South and knew those, knew that team for a long time and, and, and thought very highly of them. Um, so now we're actually seven five seven angels powered by venture south and and um you know for our investors it offers uh, i think more uh optionality on deals it, it certainly offers more fund economics or invest investment economics because they have some funds that, that we didn't have um they have taken a lot of our back office um off our plate which is great um and really again i've got monique to thank for that because she structured it all um but, uh, you know, how we manage the diligence process along two parallel tracks, because 757 Angels is still going to focus on companies headquartered in Virginia and obviously most biased to our backyard here. Um, but Venture South, um, we can look at deals across the southeast. So, mm. you know, it'll be a very interesting cycle in terms of, I think, figuring out how um, how both organizations work in tandem, even though technically we are a market of venture south. And, and I, I want to, you know, I don't, I want to give that credit to them. I mean, they, they, um, you know, I, we are a venture south market, but we are a unique market because again, Monique had built uh, 757 Angels to a point that had enough of a, of a national reputation that we didn't want to, give up that brand so you know this it, it it is a merger but it's an interesting one and and uh, i'm looking forward to to you know seeing where some efficiencies can be extracted in the process um how we look at deals um how founders you know how their experience is going through the process and so yeah it's a th this falls always the fall is always our busiest uh for some yeah. pop so, so how does that work then with Venture South? Do they do they have cycles like you all have? At uh, great question. So they have not traditionally had cycles. I thought it was interesting in so much as uh, I, I believe they you know, they are contemplating moving to that. I don't want to speak for the the, the founding mm -hmm. team there, but um, I, I know that they they admire our cycle, uh, our cycle. So we do, you know, what? first quarter, second quarter, fourth quarter, you know, three cycles in a year kind of follows, you know, venture capital cycles really. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there are some that would say, well, founders don't wait for cycles to raise. And I, I don't disagree with that. Um, on the other hand, when you have an angel network and you don't have a fund, you know, it is not, um, you have a whole lot more moving parts. And so how do you, create as an efficient process as possible when you have a less efficient deployment of capital than you would a fund because each member makes their own decision whether they're going to invest and i think that's where you try to uh, control the pipeline and control the process um you know as much as possible um because it can get out of hand very quick Again, because, you know, even though I manage angels, some five, seven angels, I don't make the investment decisions. Uh, I can I can curate the best possible companies uh, to put forth to our members. And, and my board also uh, is a part of that. They're a working board. Um, but, you know, we don't we can't make the decision for them. So mm -hmm. if you do that, we, we have to look at cycles as a practical sense of, of operating, you know, as efficiently as possible in a rather inefficient model of, of capital deployment at what point uh when you're working with a company does does that potential deal get shared with venture south yeah pretty much from the from from the very start so i mean we i have weekly we have we've you know, weekly touch points with venture south um i mean it, it is uh, when i when i look at a, a a company i want them to if it's a company that looks like they're uh, you know, the, the team and the market opportunities worth really look, taking a harder look at. Um, I want as many eyes on it as possible. So, um, now bearing in mind, does it fit within, you know, 
our investment thesis, broadly speaking, as an angel network? Does it fit their investment thesis, broadly speaking? You know, um, so I share it with Venture South because we are a Venture South market. So it's it's kind of, a, you know, an obligation. But also, um, I think Venture South team is extremely smart. And, and again, we're, you know, their diligence process and model is, is admirable. Um, but I also share it with other, you know, on the same token, I share it right away with other angel networks or, or early stage funds that that can take a look. And then, you know, you start to kind of form that syndicate. Yeah. And the reason I ask all these questions, it's really on behalf of the founders. So it's like founders, if you're trying to raise capital, you know, angels, yeah. seven by seven angels is one piece, but then there's a exactly venture south is another piece and then exactly you sharing right. deal flow amongst your network is, is another yeah. aspect to it so yeah i mean we're at a point i you know in in virginia where if you if you just focus on virginia and uh, you know we're we're still at a point where there's cooperation you know we're not silicon valley where it's competition for a deal you know mm -hmm. we're very cooperative as a capital stack in virginia um there because we just we're not as mature of an ecosystem as again the, the heavyweights right um and that's fine i kind of i like it because we when you share a deal there's a built-in trust but there's there's still not like you know too much competition for the deal um and so that's why there's there's the, the sharing goes on almost immediately if, if there's a deal that warrants it you know over the years there's been plenty of companies who went through something through 757, whether it being the angels, um, or I guess specifically for, for the angels aspect of it. And they, they ended up ultimately not raising capital. Mm -hmm. They have a sour taste in their mouth about that. Um, sure. it, it's for whatever reason um, that, that they didn't do it. But from your past, and I know you probably haven't seen these companies because you're, you're there, but, but, but a company that doesn't get funded that was able to raise somewhere else, mm -hmm. like, what are some of the things that you would look at that maybe they could have improved? And I know it's a, it's an open statement, but it's like, okay, like yeah. this group didn't do it, but they were able to raise money from somewhere else. Like yeah. what, what can these founders do to improve their chances? So when I, when I do have to either tell, you know, if I have to tell a company, no, it, it's, it's, it's usually either because they just flat out aren't in our general investment thesis of, okay, the types of, industries we typically invest in as a group um or it's because you know, again the members just it, it hasn't resonated with the members um or maybe there's just something else that well the market just maybe isn't isn't big enough um and and if and if they come back and say well it actually is and here's why then it's okay well duly noted you know here maybe you should have articulated a different way so i think there's just each it's you know, it's on a case by case basis. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, there have been many companies that I've passed on in various capacities that that do go on to raise capital from other sources. And and those are the ones that you're just like, OK, well, you know, it, it didn't resonate with me in the same way. I think every investor has kind of a, a their own personal investment thesis or each fund has their own. Um, I think, too, uh, you know, uh, I am uh, I'm president uh, also of Cab Angels, which is, uh, uh, you know, our membership base is UVA alumni and we invest in founders that you know, come out of UVA and uh, or have some affiliation to UVA. And so I know that, you know, uh, Cab Angels has led deals before um, and uh, other, you know, networks have passed because the valuation was too high or something like that. So I think it just depends on a case by case basis. Um, you know, the, in terms of telling and giving feedback to founders, I think the most important thing is um, it's sometimes it's us and not you, but sometimes it is you. So, you know, what's the, you have to have some hard conversations uh, with sometimes with the founders. I, I, I believe in being, you know, very respectful of my feedback, but and you've got to be you've got to be humbly confident as a founder. I don't prefer to invest in in founders who are just overly confident without that humility. Um, and it and it's you hear the term coachable and all that. I I think it's more of just 
you know, um, it's less coaching and it's more just partnering with them. Um, I mean, who am I to coach somebody in, you know, a drone company? I, I don't know the first thing about running a drone company. I mean, investing in one is one thing, but running it is a different thing. So why am I going to coach that founder? But I do want the founder to appreciate some of the advice that myself or some of my network can bring to the table and be open to that. So, um, and I, but for the record, I have no drone company in mind when I said that. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but that being said, yeah, I mean, it, you know, Zach, it's, it's a question that I think takes a new form every time I have to encounter it. Cause I just, every deal is different. I don't, I try not to place benchmarks or, you know, kind of blanket um, assumptions because it's just, it's just this, you guys know, I mean, this industry is just yeah. so different, you know, it's so diverse. It is. And it's definitely from place to place as well. And, and, and I'm, I am not a member of seven by seven angels and I don't know the membership base, but I mean, the reality is it's still very much in its infancy and like the initial cohort, if you will, of investors, they probably all have similar viewpoints and, uh, you know, they may not, it, it may be older money versus new money and that people may fly, they may have their own, investment thesis amongst various members yeah. within the group therefore may things may be oversubscribed or completely yeah. passed altogether i mean it's so, amazing though when you think about it for the last two years 757 angels has been uh, recognized by the angel capital association as one of the top three most active angel networks in the country and it's coming out of 757 norfolk hampton roads peninsula and south side i mean that's that's incredible um, there is nowhere near the level of investment and act and, and engagement from the angel community in other parts of the state. I mean, this is the, you know, it, it, it's just, it's incredible, which is another reason why I, I wanted to come here. Um, I mean, what, you know, what has been built, but also not just what's been built, but, but the membership and their continuing engagement is is just incredible um yeah so i i we're we are a young angel group relative to others in the country but as i said we've in a short amount of time leapfrogged a lot of other older groups uh which i can't take credit for uh but i hope to continue um you know and, and it's not just expanding the group from a member perspective, more diverse, you know, investors, um, but also of our existing investors. It's great that you can write and we want you to continue to, to, to write the membership check. But at the same time, you know, I want you to invest more because the more, uh, you know, more investors investing is, go, is is only good for the founder, right? And the company's raising. And that's, that's a healthy, active uh, angel network. Yeah. And I think one more piece to add to that, if if Angels was its own fund, you would be in what, year seven of that fund right now, yeah. where yeah. most funds, I mean, they're, they're 10 year funds. So Angels yeah. hasn't even gone through the first full fund if they were one, let alone when they're so easily compared based on you know, yeah. the, the, the stats that you just said, you're competing against people that have had, you know, they're, they're on their second, third, fourth fund yeah. already, you know, so, when you compare it, it, it you're st it's still real, real early. Oh, for sure. Know what yeah. what successes are going to come out of that right. first? I mean, our portfolio is still seasoning, and to a point yeah. where you know, to we've had several exits, and that's great. But you know, when you look at it, they're still seasoning to an A round or a B round. Um, uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, it's a uh, you know in terms of celebrating successes, man. You know, I, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but I think that uh, you, when you were talking about uh, uh, what was the word you said, it, it, it was cooperation. Oh, co cooperation. Cooperation. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that uh, for the people is that there was a grant opportunity that um, that we all participated in, and, and this is an important story to be told. You there. In order to participate and submit for this grant, you needed to hit a certain threshold um, for to to submit. Period. And what we all the all of us that partnered, none of us met that threshold individually. So 
in order to take advantage of that, we had to we had to team with one another, and together we were able to successfully, thanks to, to your leadership, Paul, submit make a submission for a, a build to scale a build to scale grant. But that required people like Seven by Seven Collab, Seven by Seven or Innovate uh, Hampton Roads, the Small Business Development Center, and Black Brand. It took all four of us in order to yeah. do at least put our hat in the ring to to compete. So. Hopefully we see a lot more of that in the future. And, I, and I'm confident that we are going to, but uh, yeah, that, that's yeah, that, was a, that was a hell of an undertaking. I mean, I, that was my first federal <laughs> grant and I do have to also say, I mean, Monique really, uh, even though she, she retired from uh, some five, seven collab, I, I engaged her to help us kind of steward it and, and put it all together. I, I couldn't have done it otherwise, but, but in terms of all the partners, um, it was, it did, it took, it, it, it takes a certain amount of trust um, amongst the partners that, that you're in it together. And, you know, yes, everybody's got their own self interest at stake, but also, you know, what can this be? Um, if we, it, I'm going to say when we get it, I don't want to say if, when we get yeah. this great, um, you know, how do we brand it? And we're in the process of going through that now with, with, you know, as you know, Tim, with, with, um, you know, kind of looking at all the partners and what this can be. I, I think, I think though that partnership of the kind of premier entrepreneurial support organizations in this region, I think it's, it's, it's something that um, I think is unique relative to other regions and, uh, if we if we do it right, and I have no doubt we will, it can again. It helps the founders. This is all about helping the founders. So, um, there's been a yeah. lot of a, a lot of our talks recently have been around the word branding, um, whether it be a, a rebrand, just how someone came up with a name. You just talked about four or five organizations right now. There's this other thing that's going to come in there. Like I'm just interested, like. It seems like there's a lot of things that are going on and then to put something else on top of that is that confusing yeah. for people how do people come in i mean even just the 757 collab that yeah. at some point recently put a lot of other stuff under it like it's very confusing as just someone on the ground level that yeah. is trying to use this to, that, that's just looking for this service and now you're going to add this other thing in there like does that conversation come in 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 you guys' discussions like we're doing a lot. Like, how yeah. do we, how do we not? So I, yeah. How do we not? I mean, I agree. Uh, look, we don't, you know, we don't need necessarily another organization. Right. Um, I think, um, I think it's more of branding the effort and the partnership yeah. uh, and, and how we storytell that. Um, but we also have to be crystal clear about our, how we, tell our own organization's brand in the ecosystem, Zach, like you were saying. So with 757 Collab, you know, we are, uh, I liken us to a stool, you know, 757 Collab is the seat and we have four legs of the stool. We have an incubator, startup studios, we have an accelerator, 757 Accelerate, we have an angel network, 757 Angels, and we have a, a fee-for-service pre-acceleration vertical. So, you know, when I am out in the ecosystem, if we are telling our story, then okay, people, people don't have to think about okay. So is it accelerate or studios or angel? Oh, it's it's collab. It's collab. And yeah. same with you've you've done innovate. a great job right. getting. You've done a great job getting that straight. I mean, there was there was a lot of confusion in the region. So mm -hmm. kudos to you that uh, it seems like seven by seven collab has surfaced as the the parent brand uh, of yeah. all that. Well, and and again, I mean. It, it, it's really a testament to those before me who who had that vision to, to construct it that way. But I think, Zach, to your point, what we have to do is be very intentional about how this whole branding thing is you're spot on because it can be messy. And so um, how do you brand a, a, a concept versus a organization? I think you're two different things. And um and we just have to be we have to be mindful of that uh, for sure. Well, just think you just said three things, right? There's an incubator, there's an accelerator, and then there's uh, an yeah. angel network. To some person, those are all the same thing, right? True. So 
right? Especially incubator and accelerator. Like, yes, <laughs> those can be very confusing to people. Which one do yeah. I need? Which one? Like, like, oftentimes, like, I know, I know when I start a hatch, like, people are like, you're just an incubator. I'm like, no, I'm this thing. And then it's just at some point, I was just yeah. like, I'm not going to keep fighting this thing. I'm just going to provide this service to people. Right. And so it's, it, I think that's ultimately what you're saying is we're going to be very intentional to make sure that we provide this service to the people yeah. that we're looking for. And it's just, it's kind of like user experience. It's like, okay, right. like, how are the people doing it? Uh, maybe we should just jump on board with that because that's how they're doing it. That's it's what they, it's what makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, if I, I think too, we're not the only region that kind of struggles with that. I, I, I think, um, I think that's the Zach. You 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 hit on something. You know, we take it for granted because we live in this world, right? But you're right. Incubator versus accelerator. What does that even mean? What is you know when I say we we you know uh, help startup high growth minded founders from idea stage to you know angel stage. Um, you know ex, uh, you know uh, we we help their companies grow. Well, what does idea stage to angel stage mean? And what does high growth mean? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we get tripped up in our own semantics. Um, a lot of it's just out in the community being more intentional about how we educate. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of buzzwords in, in our in our industries that uh, kind of get thrown around. So buzzwords. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like more petition and scaffolding. <laughs> no, scaffolding, that's a new one. I mean, I... <laughs> No, I, I mean, all that, I mean, I agree with all that. And I think those that are in the industry certainly understand. Those that want to be in this industry may not. But all that to say, I think it's a great problem to have. So to, uh, that we had four organizations join together to submit for something larger than any one organization. And that is a that is monumental. And it's important for people to know that because with, there are things happening just because it doesn't hit the news or you know, it's talked about as much as it should be. I mean, that's, uh, that really was monumental uh, for our yeah. region to be able to, to do something. And, like and you know, I'll, I'll also just say too, and you know, we've, so you got that going on here in our own backyard. And then we've got this other, you know, this region's working with Delaware and Maryland, kind of the Eastern shore, the Delmarva Peninsula for a, another federal grant you know, so you got a tri-state effort um, for being one of 15, I think it's another one of 15 tech hubs in the country. And so we're, you know, unmanned vehicles or unmanned systems is, uh, is, is kind of what we're focused on. And again, I mean, that's unprecedented. So I think yeah. that, you know, when you look at, um, when you are in the thick of it and you're here, I know sometimes it can be easy as it was in Richmond when I was there to kind of start to get a little cynical, right. Of, of, of things in your kind of your own ecosystem. But I can tell you being an outsider and, and, and coming here and seeing all this stuff that's happening, it is just amazing. And again, I know it has to be executed and that's the hard part talking about it's the easy part, but just the coming together, Tim, as you brought up, uh, you know, that there are, there are celebrations and successes that we need to, to, to talk about just in the very act of getting one aspect of, of you know, uh, of um, partner partnering and, and coordinating. Yeah. So. Well, usually we ask this question for here, but since you're a Richmond guy, like what's the food of Richmond? Like, yeah, what's I, was, the, I was just going to ask when uh, you bring your family good. down, what, you know, what, uh, it's, what do you... well, so you asked the, the, what's the food like here coming from Richmond? Well, well when you bring your family to town, what is it that okay. you're like, tell them? Well, in Richmond, oh gosh. So, um, I like Greek food, uh, Mediterranean food. So there, you know, Stella's is, is a, is a top notch, um, Greek restaurant, uh, Mediterranean restaurant in Richmond. Adara is another one. Um, you know, you, you've got, um, you've got some, some, some great food culture in the Churchill area, kind of the, you know, the East side of, of the city. Um, uh, you kind of, well, you've got a, a, a smattering of, of things. I mean, we are, you know, we are a foodie town and we're also, you know, we've got uh, Scott's edition that has all of the breweries and all of that. And, and I would put our, our beers up against Asheville's anytime. Um, but uh, so we do have, a, I will say, we, I feel like that's one we can brag about. However, I had probably the best hamburger I've ever had here. Uh, and it's at 
is it i think it's 219 uh bistro, bistro. it's it's right on granby um you know no cheese just a burger oh uh, this so this burger was incredible so it was locally sourced beef I, and they'll tell you the, the farm and then you had um you had bourbon soaked mushrooms on it with goat cheese and duck confit on top it was insane um and i, I like i'll probably go back there you know, <laughs> at least once a week i mean it's it's really good so i've actually um they do have really, good food there the food here said's fish house is another one that's incredible i mean that you know that food there is is i mean he's a i believe a james beard award winner um you know on his third restaurant so you have you have a lot of awesome food here um so is yeah. is is the is the hampton roads beer scene not even at the same level as uh Asheville and, and richmond um Oh, man. I'm not trying. I, I'm not I, trying to. I'm not trying to. Yeah, I mean, look, a, I, I, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give many things to to Hampton Roads over any other region. Uh, I, that one is a tough one. I, I gotta say, I think our beer scene. I mean, from from a mega region great. standpoint, uh, yeah. yeah, it, it's we're, yeah, we're pretty solid craft beer scene. Yeah, I mean, look, there's. I went to. Uh, I'm an IPA guy, so I'm my my palate is very. Um, I think one dimensional. So I'm probably not the best guy to ask on this. Um, well, I'm an IPA went, guy as well. And yeah, uh, so I, I did enjoy, there's a brewery. I forget the name, but it's near ODU. I went to a concert there and could walk to the, the. Oh yeah. 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 Oh from, gosh. They had yeah. like a band. It's, inside. It's a, it was awesome. Yeah, that it's was a, it's really a big good. place. Big place. Yes. So that, that yeah. beer was one of the, some of the better IPAs I've had. Um, so I just need to get out more. I'm only two, two and a half months into this and uh i'm still embracing just getting out and seeing the landscape so i'll i'll reserve the answer to that question after uh give me about a year and then i can uh i can no, wait, that, that, that is a special part of virginia is uh we yeah. do have the craft beer scene is pretty on point yeah it is. when i travel outside of virginia i'm like gosh we yeah. i want to get back to virginia so that i can have some good some yeah talking about the bold mariner or the veal no, no bold mariner no, is it bold? Not the Vale, because we've got that in Richmond. But um, oh. I, I don't think it's the Bold Mariner either. I think it's uh, it's it's Smartmouth. No, Maker's Craft Brewery. Smartmouth is good. Um, no. I don't know okay, so so Tim brought up the mega region thing. I, I like. Yeah. I generally just wonder this: what's going to happen first? <laughs> uh, the the seven five seven Richmond merger or actually Richmond to DC because it seems like people between seven five seven and Richmond want it to happen but it just seems yeah. like the DC Richmond thing is moving a lot quicker and maybe yeah. just organically like it's I mean I'm not admittedly at the at the I don't have a seat at those tables at the level at which I could probably make an informed uh, comment I will say this I think Richmond um, oh. that oh. that is what, what were you gonna say tim elation brewery. elation elation yeah excellent yeah. excellent brewery um yeah i you know i think richmond is um it's great because it's the capital city but it's also the the the, the other side of the coin is they, they get pulled in a lot of different directions right so when you have competing mega region um engagements that that can't be easy for the the leadership in richmond i will say um it's i love the RVA 757 connects mega region concept and what and the promise that it can hold for this this region. But I also think we we also have to understand our own region as Richmond does. What are we what do we individually want to be known for so that we can inform the mega region more? And and I I'm not saying we're not doing that. I mean, there's discussions that are happening about that you know, th those things, but, um, it's, it's certainly not going to happen overnight. It has to start somewhere. It's good that it started, but it's going to be a, a marathon versus a sprint. And I think as part of that first leg of the marathon, it's both regions truly having a better grasp on what they individually want to be known for, whatever that is. And however big or small that is, and then you can go and say, okay, this mega region, you know, captures these two, three, four things. And this is why we are a formidable mega region. Um, 
you know, and I think it's going to depend on, uh, you know, if you compare this mega region to what Richmond and, and DC and kind of, I think something Crescent is what the golden Crescent or something is what they call it. Um, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who gets there first per se. Um, I, and maybe not that it's a competition, but um, I, I think it's it's got to be uh, it'll be an interesting case study when you have a city like Richmond in the middle of two and maybe even more mega region discussions. Uh, what does mega what does mega region even mean? Right. And so yeah. maybe it can be in one mega region for one purpose and then in another mega region for another purpose. So who knows? I'm sure mega region has ties to the same thing like the the grants that you guys are going after it just allows them to be able to sure. maybe yeah. and compete yeah. on a global scale right yeah. i mean be maybe right. that's because i think this ted leonsis really yeah had I, i'm not going to say he was the uh i don't know i mean if he was the the you know this was his brainchild in terms of mega region and why we need to have mega regions but he gave a very good uh description and explanation for why mega regions matter and why we can't be left out um so yeah we i can't remember uh who's leading the hampton roads or richmond uh, mega region but yeah we should have we should see if we can get him on the pod i mean it, it may i was yeah. i was kind of like eh, john martin i believe is, is yeah is that's leading. exactly right yeah. yeah yeah he would be yeah. very good to get on the podcast and when, when I heard him explain it, then I was like, I get it. Now, th th yeah. now that makes more sense. But a lot of people don't, they've not had the opportunity to hear him talk. Um, right. But, yeah, no, he would be good to have on. Well, see what yeah, we can do. That's going on. That's going on. Well, Paul, I'm optimistic for your future, man. I'm uh, glad that you're in the seat. Glad that uh, you're leading the charge at 757 Collab. Appreciate it. Any, I'll take Zach's line. Is there is there anything that you want to talk about that we have not talked about? No, I just look. I, I appreciate having the opportunity, and and again, I um, it is this this region is just poised for so much success from not just an economic development aspect, but from an entrepreneurial aspect. We need to figure out how to solve that founder density, though, and and. You know, we, we don't have the answer, but we can play a part of it. And, and I think um, awareness is is a, a key piece of that and education. And certainly this podcast is is a, a main driver in that respect. So, um, no, you keep doing what you're doing and, and uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing and partnering up and see what comes of it. But uh, I'm, I'm really optimistic, which is why I left, you know, Richmond to, to put all my energy here. So. Love it. Well, we're lucky to have you. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate your time.